Hey there, it's Ariel Hawani, one-third of the fastest-growing show in combat sports. I'm Chuck Mendenhall. And I'm P.T. Carroll, and together we are 3 Puck. Join us on the Spotify Live app after every UFC pay-per-view and become a part of the best community in mixed martial arts. Or, if you can't make it, check out the Ringer MMA Show podcast exclusively on Spotify. See you then. Love yous. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like when your fantasy league meets up at your house. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this is anything but a fantasy. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. This episode is brought to you by Hyundai. Think about all the stuff you can do now on Sundays after the Super Bowl's over. Adventurous activities. You need a Hyundai to get you there. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped for any adventure with features like available H-Track, all-wheel drive. You can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Or available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Welcome to the Ring of Fantasy Football Show. My name is Danny Heifetz and I am joined by Danny Kelly and Craig Roback. And today we are doing the top fantasy football targets for 2022. This is different than sleepers. Sleepers are guys later in the draft that get big value. They're guys maybe you've never heard of or vaguely know who they are. This is the opposite. These are famous people you're taking early. And when you get them, you're like, famous these, these are the fam- <laughs> These are the big dogs. <laughs> no, these are the people you're like, I want to build my team around. Uh, yeah, also Kim Kardashian's in her ranking. She's 12, but you know, maybe we'll see higher. <laughs> anyway, also, if I sound weird, uh, my microphone's broken, so I'm recording this with Zoom audio. Craig's really mad at me, but you know what? It's not my fault. So, sorry <laughs> if I sound off. Anyway, other than Kim Kardashian, DK, give me your top fantasy football target for 2022, other than just the obvious celebrities we have first. Okay, so with the obvious caveat that I love Justin Jefferson, my other favorite receiver in this season in general, CeeDee Lamb of the Cowboys. Oh! Right now, we've got him as our wide receiver 5, 13th overall. He is the wide receiver 6 by uh, ADP. So we're a little bit ahead of, uh, I guess, like consensus on him. But I just think he has the opportunity to go off. Mari Cooper, no longer in Dallas. James Washington broke his foot. Gallup is going to miss a little bit of time. Basically, the players he's battling for targets with are a third-round rookie and Jalen Tolbert, plus some random name-generated guys like Simi Fahoko, Noah Brown, TJ Vasher. I don't even actually know who's going to be starting uh, in this, Wait, in this offense. What was last name? TJ Vasher, which now that now that I say it, I'm like not 100% sure I made it, I didn't make it up. Um, I'm going to double-check to make sure he's actually on the Dallas <laughs> Cowboys. Um, I think he might be a celebrity. I think he's in TJ Vasher, he's there. Yeah. Oh, okay. anyway. That was who Kim Kardashian was with before Chris Humphreys. <laughs> um, but I think that that's a good... Uh, I think that just explains why I'm so excited about C.D. Lamb is because he's going to be dominating targets. He's going to potentially lead the NFL in targets. Like, there's a few guys, I think, that you could circle in as the favorites to lead the NFL in targets in the passing game, and and C.D. Lamb is one of them. Cowboys, by the way, were the fastest situation-neutral team in 2021. They were second fastest in 2020, 
and 2019. They play fast. They throw a lot. They had the sixth most pass, sixth most passes in 2021, second most in 2020. So um, basically, there's going to be a lot of volume here. There's going to be a lot of opportunity. And I think he's really good. He was uh, an eighth in the NFL. <laughs> don't don't take also, my word for it, good. gentlemen. Eighth among all receivers in PFF grade last year. So he is good also. I like that you ended with the and good at football. Well, because we do this so much during the preseason. It's like opportunity, opportunity, opportunity. That's all we talk about, targets and all that. But like, it does make a difference, I think, if you really want the true, true ceiling. Uh, if a guy is actually really good, like Cooper Cup, Justin Jefferson, these guys are insanely good. Um, yeah. And I think CeeDee Lamb could end up being kind of like in that stratosphere this year. It'll be interesting to see if CD Lamb can actually become like the man of the house, you know, in Dallas. <laughs> right. Because the big the dog, as Craig likes to say. Yeah. Last year, he only had an 18% target share. I feel like the thing with CD has, has never been, his talent has never been in question. Every time he touches the ball, he's amazing. Every time he gets thrown yeah. the ball, he's usually open. But like, he just never got that much volume because there was a lot going on in Dallas, obviously, like with all the people you named, Gallup, Amari Cooper. So I'm curious to see if like he can actually get like a 24% target share. And if he can, yeah. A, hold up through the season because you know how I feel about how skinny he is. And B, <laughs> if, he can, if he can command that much like Devontae Adams, DeAndre Hopkins style volume, I will right, we'll see. Right, right. It's so true. If you had a Jewish grandmother, they'd be like, eat, eat your skin and bones. Yeah, you can't <laughs> handle that many targets. <laughs> no, it's kind of like an arbitrage like Devontae Adams from last year because Devontae Adams and the Packers, it was always just, well, here's one superstar and then here's like five other receivers who would all be a really great number four, but they have to cosplay as number two. And that's the Cowboys this year. And it's just, everyone's just like, CD's not as good as Dak. CD's not as good as Devontae and Dak isn't as good as Rodgers. But the backup receivers are just as good as the old Green Bay guys were. So it's actually a pretty similar situation to Target. I like this one, even though I'm a Giants fan. And the one thing you left out, oh, the Cowboys passed a lot. They score a lot. Cowboys led the league in touchdowns last year. And I discovered this yesterday. I think I knew this in my heart. The Cowboys had 40 more touchdowns than the Giants last year. <laughs> that's, that's 40 rough. more touchdowns than the division. Jesus. Lost it anyway. Um, the other thing I wanted to bring up too that I think matters it's it's not like the biggest deal necessarily, but he only played for about 40% of his snaps last year in the slot. And I think that he's going to be moving all over the formation this year, they're going to utilize him inside. Um, I like what the Rams did last year with with Cooper Cup, where Cooper Cup was getting an incredible amount of production from the slot. Uh, I could see them do that with CD Lamb too, who he, he did that a bunch as a rookie and was really good. So um, that's another kind of just wrinkle to why I think he has potential to just get absolutely go nuclear this year. Then enough to fit in a slot machine. City land is okay. Craig, give me your top target for 2022. It's, it's Dalvin cook running back for the Vikings. Since he became a starting running back, which was 2019, really here's how he's finished in points per game. 2019, he was third, third best running back in the league points per game. 2020, he was second. He was really first because McCaffrey was first, but McCaffrey played three games. So he, he was really third, first, and last year he was 11th. And it seems that we're all living off this recency bias with Dalvin Cook because he didn't live up to expectations last year because last year was like the year. He was number two in ADP last year. It was like McCaffrey, then it was Dalvin Cook, and he was 11th in points per game. But the guy sprained his ankle in week two. He hurt his shoulder in week 12. Still kind of managed to play 13 of 17 games. And, and he was still good. He averaged 4.6 yards a carry. You know, the, the breaking tackles rate, elusive rate. He was still really good. He basically just didn't score that many touchdowns. He scored six on 280 touches. 
Uh, he had 15 goal line carries, which was fourth in the NFL. He only scored three times. So I, I think a lot of regression <laughs> is coming for Dalvin Cook. He's averaged 16 touchdowns per game in those two seasons before. Six, uh, sorry, per, per season. season. <laughs> crazy if it was per game. Yeah, 16, yeah. yeah. Uh, 16 touchdowns per season over the last two years uh, before 2021. So I just see a ton of regression coming back for Dalvin Cook. Like uh, the Kevin O'Connell offense, I actually, that really doesn't have a ton to do with why I like Dalvin Cook this year. I just mm. like him for regression reasons. I do think that he could catch more passes maybe in this offense. Uh, he's kind of been decreasing in, in catches per game um, in the Mike Zimmer offense. And I think the Kevin O'Connell offense could use him more. He was running wide receiver routes and OTAs. I love that Heifetz. Uh, uh, I know that Heifetz loves that stuff. But... Um, <laughs> fucking dumbest thing in the world yeah i mean dalvin cook's 27 years old and he's going as the rb6 and to be honest i don't know i asked this question with saquon too which i have a feeling we'll get into him later in the episode like what about dalvin cook's situation is worse than it was last year when he was the adp rb2 what's worse to me everything's only better i think the only argument you can make is maybe we're assuming that dalvin cook will just get like this insane workload again. And maybe the Kevin Connell team is more interested in like splitting him and Madison more than we think. But honestly, it's like speculation. Like, honestly, no, there's nothing. It's I completely, I mean, Dalvin cook, we were all happy going, yeah, you should take him like second or third last year. And now it's like, ah, you know, he's like fringe first, first rounder. Round. It's like, why, why is he a fringe for what's changed? Yeah, it's true. I almost put, I almost put cook here too, Craig. So I agree with this. I think, um, you mentioned it. You kind of alluded to it, like in the passing game too. I'm I'm very curious to see if they start doing a bunch more screens and, and try and get him involved in that in the passing game because one of the I don't know like characteristics of the Todd Gurley era was they just were, had the best screen game in the NFL. Um, the Rams yeah. haven't really been very screen heavy lately. Like they haven't given the running backs a ton of. Uh, and Kevin O'Connell, the new head coach, comes from the Rams. For people who don't know, he was right. the former Sorry. OC uh, there. for the context. Yeah, so I, I'm hoping that his maybe. Brother, so yeah, I'm his blood brother. Yep. And I just think in line to be head coach. (laughs) Okay. Sorry. I was trying to talk football. Um, (laughs) Should I continue? (laughs) Yeah, go ahead. Uh, Uh, I'm Sean McVay's brother and best friend. (laughs) God damn it. Anyways, I like Dalvin Cook. Good one. Good one. Oh, yeah. She's not going to do it now. No, no. Say what you're saying. No, I think I've I've basically finished. I'm just very curious to see if they're going to try and implement the screen game a bunch in Minnesota. Because I think, number one, it's like effective and he's really good in the screen game. The biggest fear, and it's why I hate all first-round running backs, is, I guess, injury. Dalvin actually has a pretty banged-up shoulder that he seems to hurt every year. He's never played more than 14 games in a season. That's the real That's issue. That's the problem, yes. But find me a, find me a first-round running back that doesn't have an injury concern. Eckler's been hurt yeah. a lot. McCaffrey's right. been hurt a lot. Najee's going to get 500 carries. Derrick Henry's going to get 500 carries. Like I'm not thrilled about any of them from a health standpoint. And also, if there's a running back that I'm like, well, I would handcuff him and I'll feel I'll sleep perfectly well. And it's Dalvin Cook because you can get Alex Madison if you're 11th round pick, and basically you're like, all right, cool, I have a top five running back every week because totally. Dalvin Cook's the top five guy every week. But when he's out, Alex Madison is also like a top seven running back every week. That Dalvin Cook is out, so which you can't say with like Benny Snell and the Steelers. Like if Najee gets hurt, it's not the same. Same with Eckler. Exactly. It's it's really one of the last like one for one guys left that uh, it's actually going to be out like well outside the top one hundred. So I, I completely agree with you, Craig. I love Dalvin Cook. Um, I'm curious. I have another guy in the Vikings, or I have another running back similar to to Dalvin. Would you rather hear about the Vikings or another running back? I want you to do the running back. Let's stay with the big dogs. All right. Very similar to Dalvin Cook, but even cheaper. And I actually think a better option this year. It's Saquon Barkley. I. 
easy to say, take everything I say with a grain of salt with the Giants, but honestly, anyone who knows me, not an optimistic Giants fan. I think this is the first nice thing I've said about a Giants <laughs> This is a real sign years. of growth for you. This is a big, big day. I was super out on Saquon Barkley coming back last year because everyone's like, cool, Saquon. Looking at the name, forgetting like the guys coming back from that ACL injury, it just so often kind of takes them a year to get back in the swing of things, get comfortable with the knee again. And that was Saquon. I was out on him last year. It didn't work out from last year. I, I'm so back in on the train. Everyone who bought him as Saquon last year is so like gun shy and it's creating this crazy opportunity. We have him 15th. I actually think that's almost low, but like we're so much higher on him than everyone else. ESPN has him 28th right? or 31st, depending where you look. Like we're like twice as high on Saquon as some of these other places. It yeah. is crazy to me. He's back. He's got the juice. Once like, don't worry about the injury, but it's like, he's as back as you're going to ask for. And here's the thing. If you just take out of your mind, if you just separate for a moment, the injury stuff and consider that, look, last year he wasn't back, but he's back now. This is a three down back. They have no one behind us. Matt Breed is behind Saquon. It's just Saquon going to play. He is elite by elite athlete standards. He's an incredible receiver. I forgot. He had 91 catches when Saquon was a rookie. 91. That was like 13. <laughs> he had more than Tyree Kill. He had more than Mike Evans that year. They all played the same amount of games. Like Saquon is incredible. He is in the tippity top tier of like potential workload, being the best player in his offense, opportunity, goal line, everything in an offense that, again, I seriously think could double their touchdown total. That sounds outrageous. But again, if the Giants double their touchdown total, they would be average. <laughs> That's like you're going from Jason Garrett to Brian Dable's offensive coordinator, like the worst to last year, maybe one of the best offensive coordinators. It's not crazy. They could double their touchdowns. Everything is stacking up in a way like I, I, when you look for these top targets, I'm like, why are guys undervalued for multiple reasons? People are undervaluing how much better the Giants will be as a team. And they're undervaluing how much better Saquon will be as a player this year and how much healthier he is. This is a guy that. If last year hadn't happened, I think everyone would be like, yeah, he probably is like top five-ish player. And somehow you could get him in the middle of the second round. And in some places, he's a third-round player. Everything about Saquon this year to me is league winner. League winner, league winner. I also really like the fact that Saquon's got a chip on his shoulder now. Like, mm. he was kind of yes. the chosen one for a long time. Second overall pick. Everyone, Nobody doubted him. You know what I mean? Like, everyone's like, yeah, obviously he's like the most talented running back. He's clearly the most talented running back. Now I think people are like, is he that good? You know, yeah. I think even Heifetz has said that multiple times. Like, is he, is he really that good? Like, I don't know. He's got a chip on his shoulder, I think, and he wants to prove it. I'm bearing the lead. I did. I went to Giants training camp this week, and I did talk to Saquon for uh, almost 10 minutes. And I'm not saying, you know, I'm not sitting here like Saquon's like, I'm, I'm back. And I'm like, cool, you're back. But the, that part is true because that did come up a little bit of like Saquon was this incredible high school prospect. And then Saquon, like Saquon's never actually been underrated. Like Saquon's never actually had real doubters in his real life. And right. it is the first time. And he's a huge Kobe guy. And he's got the mama mentality and the idea that like, it, basically there isn't in, like that, that Kobe-esque intensity when you talk to him. I'm not trying to say like, you know, I'm trying to base my argument more on like, you know, actual reasons than like, well, I talked to him and he seems really into football, <laughs> but it's true. No, I get it. I get it. Um, you see, I just like to see that, li that little bit of like, I don't know, extra, fuck extra you. drive there. Yeah, exactly. Basically, like, fuck all y'all. I'm, I'm coming back this year. That is And there. I'm just really excited about that. So I'm I'm 100% on board with this. I know that uh, it makes better radio when we all disagree on shit, but, like, I absolutely agree. 
with Barkley. So do I. And I, if you didn't put him on your list, he would have 100% been on mine. I saw your list this morning and I was going to have Saquon on mine and I was like, oh, I'll, I'll let Heifetz have it. But I, it's the same question with Dalvin Cook. What is worse? This is the best environment Saquon has ever been in. He's in the year after the year after yeah. the ACL injury. He has the best coach of his career by far. Heifetz, wouldn't you say they have the best offensive line of his career by far? It's a low bar, but yeah, actually, that's right? a good point. I mean, it's, I mean, I, that's another thing for the Giants to to... That's a good point. I guess to put this all together, Saquon is like the cheapest he's ever been. And it's the best situation he's had in a few yes. years. Because to your point, Craig, the Giants had 30 free agents hit uh, free agency this year. As of like two months ago, more than half of them weren't even signed. Which, what does that mean? 31 teams looked at the Giants players and were like, these are not NFL caliber players. Like the Giants, it's not just the coaching. The roster was so bad. I'm not saying the roster is great now, but it's better it's like closer to competent everywhere i just you can't you cannot overstate or say it enough like how bad they were at scoring touchdowns like this is <laughs> the bottom line like in football again i've said this a million times but i just cannot like stop saying it they suck at scoring touchdowns they've been the worst team at scoring touchdowns think about it this way think about it this way just jason too old. left the cowboys they left the cowboys <laughs> they can't do it but yeah. jason garrett left the cowboys drives are last in touchdowns and the Cowboys have 40 more touchdowns than Jason Garrett's Giants. 40! <laughs> There's only 17 games! That's oh crazy. Jason Garrett is worth negative 40 touchdowns. <laughs> I think that's what yeah, we're that's, getting I mean, to. Yeah, approximately. That's, that's, that's uh, expected points Yeah, detracted. I'm genuinely considering and kind of struggling to not make my top four running backs in my rankings, number one, Jonathan Taylor, number two, McCaffrey, and three and four should be Dalvin Cook and Saquon Barkley, in my opinion. I, I so, In my bones, if somebody was like, would you rather have Saquon or Derrick Henry, or would you rather have Dalvin Cook or Austin Eckler, I think I'm picking Saquon and, and, and Dalvin. I agree, and this is informing so much of my draft strategy this year. I completely agree, Craig. I think that there's a cowardice by us and also a lot of fantasy people, but mostly us, to just, I just want to put Saquon ahead of Austin Eckler and, Dal and Derrick Henry, and I just won't, but... I think that it informs my draft strategy because I'm so much more comfortable grabbing Justin Jefferson or, uh, or Cooper Cup, but really Justin Jefferson because he's my number one receiver this year. And I, you can get him like fifth or sixth. And you come back around and you can get Saquon. That's a perfect like start in my opinion. Cheating. And then in the third round, maybe you grab Mark Andrews, you grab someone else, and it's just as tight end. And it's just, it, it Saquon feels like cheating this year. Dalvin Cook, there's a lot of other running backs. But I feel, I don't know, DK, do you guys have any other running backs in that kind of range? Because I'm at the point where I actually am so confident in the running backs from 10 to like 30-ish, depending on who you're talking about, that I don't even need a first-run running back this year compared to years past. The other guy who I'll flick at, well, I, this is the year of the 27-year-old running back, in my opinion, because we have Dalvin Cook, you have Aaron Jones, who was another guy I absolutely love. Like, why is what is the difference between yeah. Aaron Jones and Austin Eckler this year? When when De, uh, when Devonte <laughs> when Devontae Adams doesn't play, Aaron Jones averages almost ten more PPR points per game. When Devontae Adams does not play, and like I, I have no problem with AJ Dillon being there. When Devontae's not in the field, Aaron Jones averages about five catches for fifty yards a game. Like that's Austin Eckler. I think he could, Aaron Jones could easily lead the Packers in catches. Yes, that is totally possible. And you can get him. He is middle of the second round. And also, I'll throw into the I'll throw into the bag Leonard Fournette again. I don't feel strongly about Aaron Jones or Fournette. Is Another twenty-seven year old running back. Fournette's well. So that's the thing. It's kind of like super bad. We were talking. It's like you ever been with an older guy. He's like it's way way better. <laughs> I got Fournette on my list. So do you want me to just dive yes. in? Oh, nice. Yes. All right. So first of all, 
He's svelte. He is skinny again. He looks great. He's in shape. I don't know how the fuck he did it, but it was like in two weeks, all of a sudden he looks skinny again. I heard he got breast reduction surgery. (laughs) Gotta catch a glimpse of these warlocks. Um, Shit, back problems, man. (laughs) At the end, after that, after that scene, they're like coming back, walking back. He's like, yeah, she, she was able to like start jogging again and she ended up getting in better shape. Um, So pure. Anyway, this is, this this is letter for net right here. Uh, And with him, it's not just that he's felt and a, a very skinny 240 uh, pounds. He also is like going to get elite volume. And I think that's, of course, the name of the game in fantasy. Um, as I said with C.D. Lamb, he's also a good player. He, he is trusted by Tom Brady in pass pro in the passing game. Um, he finished last year as the RB7 in total points in uh, half PPR and in points per game in half PPR. Um, and right now he's going as the RB15. So like, why? Like, why do you think? Is it just because of his <laughs> reputation? Is it because he's fat, like, or got fat over the offseason? Now he's skinny again, by the way. I know that. Fantasy fat shaming. Um, here's the deal. I just want to, I want every piece of this Buccaneers offense as I can get, especially with, I think things are going to be even more concentrated to a few different guys because, you know, you're obviously Chris Godwin is going to be out for a little while to begin the season. Um, Gronk is gone. The Buccaneers last year were second in points, second in yards fourth in plays, first in pass attempts by a mile. But a lot. I mean, t- most pass attempts in a season. I mean, they had the extra game, but even with that, it yeah. was like, a, even if just through 16 games, what, Tom Brady, I think, had the third or fourth most pass attempts in the season ever, period. Yeah. Running backs got 157 targets in this offense last year, which was the second most among all teams. That 20% target rate. With Godwin out, with Godwin out for a little while and Gronk gone, like, there's a world at which I could see that target rate go up this year. Um, Fournette ran the fourth most routes last year. He tied for third in running back targets, third in receptions. Like, he is everything you want from a running back in fantasy. Basically, he's going to have all the ground game, plus, like, he's got a high, high volume of pass uh, targets and all that. So, I don't know. I just don't really get why people are lower on him. I, I understand that there's a chance he could regress a little bit. Um, this offense could regress a little bit from what we saw last year. And maybe Brady is going to fall off a slight cliff or whatever this year. And, and who knows? But we have to come back to practice to fall off a cliff. Well, he's yeah. Like, I don't know what he's doing right now. Uh, he's away from the team. They haven't really told us why. Pagan blood rituals. Um, but yes, I think Fournette to me is a guy that I'm really targeting. Like you can get him in the third round in some drafts. It's pretty crazy. Like I think he's a second rounder. I completely agree. And also to your point about the target, sometimes it sounds like we're talking about both sides of their mouth. We're like, they run more, they pass more, but a target is worth, depending on your scoring, like twice as much as a carry. Basically, if you're, yeah. you know, half or full PPR, sometimes if you're in full PPR, it's more than that. I think it's two yeah. and a half times. It targets twice, two and a half times more valuable than a carry. So when you're saying Leonard Fournette, maybe if he's not even a full three down back, like I would say Saquon or Najee Harris is, Leonard Fournette's a two and a half down back. He's not a two down back. Like Leonard mm. Fournette, and that's the thing. There are so many running backs that if you can grab, you can grab Justin Jefferson in the first round. You can come back and grab Saquon in the second round. You might get Leonard Fournette in the third round. Yeah. And then halfway through the season, you're like, oh, Saquon and Leonard Fournette could totally both be top five. Again, right. like, like this is Tom Brady with a three down back that he's targeting. And like, say whatever you want. I know there's like guys in the Bucks backfield, but like, Lenny, like Tom Brady likes Leonard Fournette. He recruited him there. Leonard Fournette knows where to be. He's always known. Tom Brady's always liked Leonard Fournette. Like, I completely agree with DK. I am at the point where value wise, I don't, I really have never been more confident not taking a first uh, round running back because of the guys like Leonard Fournette. And Saquon, yeah, Aaron yeah. Jones, as Craig just said. Um, and honestly, the only running back I'm like truly, truly psyched to take 
is what Craig said, is Dalvin Cook, because you can get him so late. You get Dalvin Cook with the ninth pick sometimes. That also feels like a crazy value. On In Yahoo drafts, Nick Chubb is going 10 spots ahead of Leonard Fournette. It doesn't make sense to me. <laughs> it doesn't make sense it doesn't at make all. Sense. Nick yeah. Chubb, DeAndre Swift, Javante Williams are all going ahead of Leonard Fournette. I, this whole thing is Zoolander. It's, I'm taking crazy pills. It's, dude, drafting in fantasy football is, a men, is mental fortitude. You need mental fortitude. You need to be able to stay away from the shiny quarters. You know why Austin Eckler is fifth in ADP or wherever he is? It's because he scored 20 touchdowns last year. If he scored 10, he'd be 12th right now in ADP. That's all that it is. Leonard Fournette had a bad start to his career and people can't get that bad taste out of their mouths. Dalvin Cook had a bad year last year. That's why he's late in the first round. It is as simple as the randomness of scoring touchdowns is why these people are ranked where they're ranked. I completely agree. The NFL Week 1 odds are out, and now's the time to try FanDuel Sportsbook if you haven't already. Get in on the action early this season. Right now, new FanDuel Sportsbook customers can get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. Looking at the Week 1 lines, Russell Wilson and the Denver Broncos are facing his old Seattle Seahawks on Monday Night Football. And the Broncos are only favored by 5.5 points? Is it Geno Smith, the quarterback for the Seahawks? Is it Russell Wilson in Denver? 5.5 points? Even if Drew Locke starts, that's even better. I love that. Five and a half, taking Denver. Just sign up using promo code RINGERFANTASY to place your first bet, and FanDuel will give you up to $1,000 back in free bets if you don't win. There's no better place to get ready for the football season than on FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook and official sports betting partner of the NFL. Download the FanDuel Sportsbook app and sign up using promo code RINGERFANTASY to get started with your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That is promo code RINGERFANTASY. 21 plus and present in Arizona, Connecticut, Iowa, Illinois, and Louisiana. Permitted parishes only. Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, West Virginia, or Wyoming. First online real money wager only. Refund issued as non-withdrawable free bets that expire 14 days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fandle.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fandle.com slash RG in Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, or Illinois. 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 53342. 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut. 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY, which is 467-369. Tennessee Redline, 1-800-889-9789, Tennessee. 1-800-522-4700, Wyoming. Or visit www.1800gambler.net in West Virginia. Can I give you guys, I'm going to shift gears here. Okay. Can I give you guys, speaking of just, I don't know what to call this, but I, can I make you guys play a game? And I, Craig, if you saw who this player is, because you saw my notes, I don't say anything, but I'm going to give you guys a pop quiz. Can you name, so for the first three quarters of last season, so like, you know, September, October, November, can you name the top eight wide receivers in points per game? This is not a, this is not a trick question. The top eight wide receivers in points per game through the first three months of the season. Cooper Cup, Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase. Yes. Yes. Um, And now I'm starting to Tyreek Hill. Yes. Devontae Adams. Yes, Devontae. Devontae yeah, was, first, oh, I was going to say DeAndre. I thought you meant DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah, um, Devontae. I can give you the last. It was Debo Samuel. Oh, yeah, Debo. Right? So literally, those are the first seven people you would think of, right? Or the yes. six, the first six. You know who seventh was? Who? Fucking Adam Thielen. <laughs> yes. And then oh, Stephon like Diggs one. was eight. And Stephon Diggs was eight. So the top eight, just to list the people again, through the first three months of the season, Cooper Cup, Debo Samuel, Tyreek Hill, Devontae Adams, Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, Adam Thielen, Stephon Diggs, and then Mike Evans was ninth. 
what's crazy <laughs> is that those nine guys, eight of the first nine, we've plugged in to our top nine guys entering this season. The only guy we added in was CeeDee Lamb because Mark Cooper left. But the eight guys on that top nine list are just top nine for us again. Adam Thielen, we have like 50th. And the only crazy We're ahead thing, of consensus. Too. We are so... I think that our <laughs> rankings are higher. On, this is because of me. But not I did it, but I, it's because of... Tell me if I'm wrong. But our rankings are so much higher on Adam Thielen than any other platform we will find. If you look at ESPN or Yahoo, Adam Thielen's going like a hundredth. And I feel, again, I feel like I'm taking crazy pills because the thing with Adam Thielen is not only was he a top seven wide receiver through three months by points per game. I'm not like futzing with games, but points per game. Everything else about Adam Thielen seems like it got better, not worse. Like they're in a pass heavy offense, number one. So he's probably gonna get more targets. And then two, Adam Thielen's mains, like the main calling card, is he actually has an elite, capital E, elite red zone connection with Kirk Cousins. Adam Thielen and Kirk Cousins is the less sexy version of Rob Gronkowski and Tom Brady in the red zone. Adam Thielen is the best one. Here's the thing. Even then, the Vikings were bottom three in pass rate inside the 10-yard line. They were, like, barely passing inside the 10, and when they did, it went to Thielen. Now they're in a pass-first offense, even if they go to league average. Adam Thielen might get more red zone targets. Yes, there's like injury risk. He's older. He's 31, whatever he is. But he is, you can get him and reach for him with like the 80th pick in some places. I'll reach <laughs> for him in like the 70th pick. And like, dude, he was eighth. Yeah. I've been taking him so much too, Heifetz. I, I love Thielen. Um, what am I missing? Seriously. This just came to my mind too. I wasn't, weren't the Rams like one of the most pass heavy teams inside the 10 yard line last year? Too? I think like the maybe, most. I think yeah. Stafford yeah. had the most red zone pass or uh, end zone passes. And granted, they don't have Dalvin Cook. I would give them that. Like, they don't have Dalvin Cook and Cam Akers got hurt, and that does influence it. But regardless, you're talking bottom three versus top five. Like, there's a lot of middle ground to make up there. Everyone just assumes he's going to get hurt. Or ev- So there's That's two the things that thing. are going against Thielen. Thielen's going to get hurt, and his touchdown, like, ridiculous outlier touchdown rate is going to drop off a cliff. Those are the things that people assume. Everybody keeps saying that, but, like... It never does. <laughs> three of his last <laughs> right. four seasons, he's had nine or more. Right. And the one that he didn't, he got hurt. The, the, the only thing with him is he hasn't played a full season since 2018. He gets dinged up a bit. He's like Dalvin yeah, Cook. I get that, but he had 13 games last year, and then he got, but he was playing hurt. But then 15 games two years ago. So, like, you know, he missed one. He missed three games or four games last year. He missed two games. He got hurt. I get that. Him getting hurt is already priced in to what we have. I mean, totally. we're way ahead of that, consensus that's on a, yeah. DK, you took that. You said it even better than I could have. <laughs> the injuries are priced in to our absurdly high evaluation of him. And I, if I am missing something, please email me at ringerfantasyfootballgmail.com because this is the single player on the entire he's too rankings old. that we have. He's, yeah, old. he's too old. I, I don't him. understand. He's it. too old. He'll be yeah. 32 in a couple weeks. I'm not saying take Thielen as a top 10 receiver. I'm saying that no. the fact that he'll be there in like the eighth round for you and that you can get Adam Thielen as your fourth, you might be able to get Adam Thielen as your fifth receiver. I think this is this is kind of like the last couple guys that we've talked about you know, if you are convicted and you believe us, like you can get every one of these guys in a draft. Like you could get yes. Leonard Fournette if you're willing to get him. In, if you go, yeah, you don't have round. to reach for any of these players, right? Nope. Because we're already a little bit ahead, and so basically, these are the guys that we're, like you said, pl- planning a flag on. Like we believe in these guys to outproduce where they're going. So yes, you can get Adam Thielen a little bit ahead of where his like he's going to be showing up on the ESPN ranks or the Yahoo ranks, or whatever. You you have to be willing to like scroll down a little bit and reach on him, quote unquote, reach. But you can get this guy in every draft if you really want to. 
I, I love Craig or Dick, whoever. Do you guys have a receiver you love? I think my favorite player in the draft is Michael Pittman on the Colts. Oh, interesting. Awesome. One of the most under-discussed, boring wide receivers in the NFL. Nobody talks about Michael Pittman. This is his third year. He's at a USC. Last year, the Colts legitimately treated him like he was DeAndre Hopkins or Julio Jones. He ran around <laughs> on 96% of offensive dropbacks. 96% of dropbacks he ran around. That was third to only Cooper Cup and Jamar Chase. He tied for the league's eighth highest target share at 24%. In the final six weeks of the season, he had a 31% target share. That is Devontae Adams' numbers. And the only reason nobody cares about Michael Pittman because he had six touchdowns last year. He caught 88 balls. He had six touchdowns. He was the wide receiver 15 overall, despite having only six touchdowns. I like the guys who show promising numbers early on, but had low TDs because TDs create buzz, like we said with Austin Eckler. You know, they push guys up the ADP, the average draft position. If Pittman had 10 TDs last year, he'd be a round and a half higher right now in rankings. I guarantee it. But he had six. Yeah. So he's like the new DJ Moore, who I also like this year, by the way. But now he has Matt Ryan instead of Carson Wentz, who was one of the least accurate quarterbacks in the league last year. And speaking of accuracy, Matt Ryan's really damn accurate. He was eighth among 40 passers last year on on-target percentage. Like, Matt Ryan is a professional, former MVP, very good quarterback, who, yeah. by the way, has supported two pretty decent receivers in the past, Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley. And who else is on the Colts? Paris Campbell? Alec, rookie Alec Pierce, Kiki Kuti. Right. Their tight end is Mo Ali Cox. And Jonathan Taylor, like, can catch passes. They have Naeem Hines, sure. Also, the Colts' third easiest NFL schedule. I don't think that people aren't... Maybe it's just because he's boring. Hyphen, he's just boring. Your theory. But, like, this is one of the biggest moves in the offseason. Like, period. Yes. Like, this could swing the playoffs. This Matt could Ryan. legitimately yeah, Matt Ryan. Uh, change that whole division. Of course, it's not a very good division, but still... Um, I think it's it's a huge move for the Colts. It's a huge move for the Colts skill players, particularly. And I think people in fantasy, especially, are underrating how much of a difference Matt Ryan can make over a guy like Wentz or a guy like Philip Rivers from two years ago, or you know any of the seventeen different quarterbacks that they've had starting for them over the last like five years. So um, I think this is absolutely huge move for them, and I, I like this Pittman thing. I think I've had like a blind spot for Pittman. Since he came into the NFL, I know that it's he hasn't been in the NFL for very long, but like, I don't know. I just have never really gotten excited about him. And I, maybe that is just like you said, because he's not super exciting or he doesn't have like a, you know, signature move or a signature like style, I guess. He's just kind of good. He's not a, when we were talking about this, the other day, he's not a famous receiver and he's, he seems like, you know, a respected, nice dude. And it's just, he's not crazy. <laughs> and like, and so he's not famous. Yeah. He's on Indianapolis Colts. He's got Matt Ryan. I, I could not agree with this pick more. I, I think that what we've been, I really believe that what we've been discussing here is like league winning shit. The, the Saquon stuff, Fournette, Aaron Jones, Dalvin, and then Thielen. But this is the other huge piece. I have Michael Pittman on my list too, Craig. Hell yeah. Michael Pittman. So big picture, two things. This is, again, I, when I'm looking for like a league winning guy, you need to find two or three reasons they're under, under, underrated and you want them to all kind of line up. And you're like, it's not just one blind spot. It's like two or three blind spots people have. The first is, as you said, he's kind of boring. Like, do you, do you close your eyes? Do you actually know what Michael Pittman's face looks like? He's not very famous. <laughs> right. Let's be real. It's part of it. Two, people are still underestimating how big of the difference Matt Ryan and Carson Wentz is. The second half of the season, the Colts, and specifically Frank Reich, the head coach, so completely and utterly lost faith in Carson Wentz to, to not screw up 
that they just stopped running their offense and just said, Jonathan Taylor, carry us. And he actually did. And they almost made the playoffs doing that. And it was so good. He actually disguised how bad Carson Wentz was, which is to say the big reason I love Michael Pittman is actually because I think Jonathan Taylor is almost overrated as the first pick because Jonathan Taylor, it's not that he's like not going to be great. It's not that he's not safe. It's that his seal, it's like Jonathan Taylor had one of the most red, like goal line touches of any running back of the last decade last year, but it was because they didn't trust Wentz. Now that you have Matt Ryan, you don't have to have a historic run rate at the goal line because you're so afraid Carson Wentz is going to throw a left-handed pass for a pick six when you're supposed to record touchdown. Greatest play of all time. Yeah. yeah, you have an adult who almost won a Super Bowl with Matt Ryan, and now there's so much more opportunity in this offense for Michael Pittman. As Craig said, there's no one else there. This, to me, is, and also, you can get him in, like, the 30s, in mid-30s, and, like, you can get everyone. You can get Justin Jefferson or Dalvin Cook in that first. You get Saquon in the second. You get Fournette in the third. You can come back in the fourth round and get Michael Pittman, and he can be a top-five guy. Like, if I wasn't a wuss, I would take him over Tyree Kill straight up, I think. A.J. Brown, I'd I take kind Michael of feel Pittman that way straight too. up. Maybe even like Debo Samuel. Not A.J. Brown, but I feel that I feel the way for Debo and Tyreek, I agree with you. Debo and Tyreek, I actually, gun to my head, I would have Pittman. I'm not saying you should take them in I the second round because you, you want value. Again, I'm not saying to take Michael Pittman. 16. I know, I, I agree. Not like when you take him, but in terms of just like, if I had to bet who he finishes ahead of statistically this year, I'm ready to say like he's going to be a top seven wide receiver statistically in the league. I don't know. And I don't the, know the why he wouldn't you be. You can get him in the 30s is unbelievable. And again, that's like the kind of league winning stuff. And if you can start a receiver run where you take like five receivers and like seven picks from the 30s through like the 70s, and like you start that run with Michael Pittman, I feel so good about it. Like basically, if I had to like to boil down my fantasy thoughts this year to like one sentence, it's like grab a, one of those running backs. We discussed Saquon, Fortnite, Aaron Jones, whatever. Grab them in the second or third round. If you can grab Pittman in like the fourth round and just go five receivers until you get to Adam Thielen in like the eighth, I just feel like you're going to win. Basically, just don't draft anybody. Ex- no matter where you draft in the first round, just have it be Travis Kelsey because there's so many good wide receivers and running backs <laughs> after that. Just I don't give first pick in the draft. Just take Travis Kelsey. Because all the other tight ends are worthless, but there's a million running backs and wide receivers out there. Well, no, Mark Andrews is really good too. Did anyone pick Mark Andrews for this? Because I almost did. I did not. Same vibe. It's just like there's so many good players just grab the elite tight end and get out of the buffering tight ends for the year. Anyway, uh, I love Michael Pittman. It's a great one, Craig. DK. Yo. You got another? You got another? Yes, I do. So in this sort of third tier of running backs, like, so basically if you decide to go, like you just were saying a tight end early, maybe you grab a running back or a, a receiver uh, in the second round. And then you need to tack on a few extra running backs just because you feel a little light at the position, like later in the draft, AJ Dillon is one of my favorite guys to do this oh. with, like sort of in that middle range, like in the 50, 60 area. Um, here's why I like him a lot. Number one, I think he's going to have a lot of standalone value. Just like if AJ or sorry, if Aaron Jones plays all year long, he does what he's what we expect him to do. I still think AJ Dillon is going to get a pretty solid snap share. He's going to get some opportunity in the passing game. They were already talking up as as a pass catcher in like this training camp. You know, we he showcased it a little bit last year, which was always a big doubt for him coming into the league. I think there's a reason he was really underrated coming into the league is because he didn't catch passes in college. So everybody assumed he couldn't catch. And then he's shown 
uh, that he's not only can he catch, but he's actually pretty talented in the passing game. So I think they're going to get him involved uh, in the passing game too. He was third last year in PFS rushing grade. He's a really good runner. Um, he's not necessarily an explosive guy. He's going to get you like big plays, but he's very good at getting you those intermediate like six, seven, eight yard runs where he's just crushing people, running them over, getting first downs, things like that. Um, and basically, it's easy for me to picture based on the way that the the Packers offense is sort of constructed right now, like a go back to... Uh, two years ago when Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt were both top, uh, both RB1s, like RB10, RB11, and PPR. Um, go back a little further, you got Eckler and, and Melvin Gordon. You got Kamara and Melvin um, and uh, Ingram. And then even further back, like uh, Devontae Freeman and Tevin Coleman. Like there's been multiple cases over the last five, six, seven years where one team will have two really highly rated quarter, uh, running backs in fantasy. And I could see this being the year for the Packers where it's Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon are both, you know, at minimum, in my mind, top 24 running backs. But there's a world in which they're both RB1s. You know what I mean? So because they're going to both be utilizing the passing game so much and they're going to be a run-heavy team and I think they're going to be pretty good at running. So I don't know. I just like A.J. Dillon. And then, by the way, if if Aaron Jones gets hurt, like A.J. Dillon is a top five running back. So um, to me, he's like... A, the perfect guy to pick in that little area because he has the floor and the ceiling. So the game that Aaron Jones got hurt last year was in week 10 against Seattle and AJ Dillon came in and relief of him got 21 carries and two touchdowns. Yeah. Yeah. He's a, what he's a bowling ball. You, you always refer to Leonard Fernandez as kind of like a bowling ball of, of chef knives, <laughs> rolling ball of butcher knives. Yes. A rolling ball of butcher knives. I kind <laughs> of think chef AJ knives. Dillon runs very similarly. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm kind of getting new kitchen stuff. So yes, chef knives yes. is on the mind. Yeah. I don't really have any butcher knives. I just really like it. I just like AJ Dillon a lot too. I don't know. I just think he's a really good player. I, again, he's not like super explosive, but he's he just crushes people. Uh, so it's why I like Tony Pollard too, just because even if yeah, they're even if Zeke and, and Aaron Jones don't get hurt, they still are probably startable on your team. And yeah. if they do get hurt, if Aaron Jones or Zeke do get hurt, I mean, the, when Zeke didn't play last year in one game, Tony Pollard was the running back one. Like, yeah, he was incredible. In ridiculous upside if either of these guys go down. And even if they don't, they're still startable fantasy running backs. Yes. Like, at worst, they're a flex. You can, you can, they're not going to take up a spot on your uh, roster or whatever. Um, but, anyways, I, I just, especially in an offense like this with the Packers where they don't have any like clear cut top tier receivers that are going to be like hoovering up targets or anything like that. Like, there's, there's probably going to be more instances where these guys get targeted in the passing game. So, um, that's huge, obviously, in half PPR and PPR. And, uh, yeah, I just really like Dylan. I think he's talented too. Is that's the big thing? Is like the talent is there with the opportunity. There's very few running backs I want to select where they're kind of going in drafts from like 30 to like 80, 30 to like 70. And AJ Dillon's one of the small. Yeah, and there. I recognize he's probably in that running back dead zone that people talk about, and and it, it is important. Like maybe the the opportunity cost is going to be really high there because you got a receiver that you really like in that area. I get that, um, but depending on your build, if you, if there's a build that you have where you ha you're kind of light on running back because you want other positions heavier in the draft. Like to me, he's a good guy sort of like in that range. And let's explain what we mean by that for a second. So if you use our rankings, the, the whole point is if you kind of follow our rankings, you're going to get more of the players that we like, and you're going to not get the players that we don't like. So, I mean, just to pick a random example, Josh Jacobs, um, yeah. <laughs> we have Josh Jacobs very low. We have Josh Jacobs, uh, 84th. Now, we are Josh Jacobs' least favorite fantasy podcast, I think. 
We have Josh Jacobs at 84th because the general point is there's not really any reason where I want you to leave your draft with Josh Jacobs. And you could argue, yes, there's some point where he becomes a value in that spot. Maybe that's way too low. But the general point is he's just not the kind of player you win your leagues with because there's not much upside. There's a lot of downside. He's not that guy. Mm-hmm. Not that guy, pal. And so we're structuring our rankings to get guys that were like... Nobody he, knows that, Mitt? Oh, no. Well, what was that? I don't know. You don't know that. that he's one? not that guy. You don't know that that video um, of the dad in the grocery store? You're not that guy, pal. Damn. Yeah. People are. People I do, are, but why is that? Oh, wait. You know why? That's in the big booty mix. They slice that into one of the big booty 17 or one of them. We're like, you're not that guy, pal. And oh, do they, they? Do the drop. I love the big booty mixes. Two shout out to you. I run to those all the time. Oh, my God. Perfect. Perfect pregame. DK. DK, when you and Calvin are pregaming, put that put that playlist on. They're really good. Shout out to you, friends. Uh, email us at reunionfantasyfootballgmail.com if you want the big blue images. They're so good. Also, I, I, what's your favorite one, Craig? Do you know? I love um, oh, set, the one that starts with... Uh, there's, one, there's one that has a Randy Newman song in it, Bob and I think O'Reilly. that's my favorite oh, one. Oh, my Bobby favorite O'Reilly. is the one that starts with Bob O'Reilly. It's just incredible. It's like 7, 8, 9, 10 is a really good stretch. I like 17 and 13. And DK is just so lost right now. It's unbelievable. <laughs> Too busy. I'm off on Twitter reading An- An- uh, Antonio Brown's just absolutely unhinged tweet today. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have avoided Twitter. I've avoided this. He said his biggest regret is not getting to watch himself play live, which is not a regret. That, that's not a regret. You can't regret that. <laughs> regret implies you had a chance. You had a choice. Right. It's like he chose a different path. <laughs> he chose to not watch himself. himself live. He chose to not remove himself from his body and watch himself play. It's not a regret, Antonio. <laughs> okay. Somehow I don't think it's going to... It's not going to sink in for him. Sorry. (laughs) This isn't going to trickle down to him. Wake him up. (laughs) All right. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like when your fantasy league meets up at your house. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this is anything but a fantasy. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. This episode is brought to you by Hyundai. Think about all the stuff you can do now on Sundays after the Super Bowl's over. Adventurous activities. You need a Hyundai to get you there. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped for any adventure with features like available H-Track, all-wheel drive. You can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud or available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Let me do one right now. Cortland Sutton for the Broncos. This is the most talked about guy on our podcast this year, I think. I love Portland. He better Sutton. go off. It's, That's all I can so say. <laughs> I will say this. Like, he's definitely going high enough that at this point that I, I do think some of the values probably been sapped out of it. Like I'll put it this way. I'm more confident in Michael Pittman at like 31 than I am at Cortland Sutton at like 41, like by a lot. But I also think that Cortland Sutton is underrated again for like overlapping underrated one, because again, close your eyes. Do you know what Cortland Sutton looks like? No, he's never been famous. He's like, he was like a very trendy sleeper entering 2020. Towards ACL the first week, came back last year. Well, it didn't look quite the same. Drew Locke was his damn quarterback. Like, it just a lot of reasons to do that. His, like, so many people, like, immediately hyped up Jerry Judy when Russell Wilson came to Denver. I just really feel strongly that Cortland Sutton better matches with Russ. I feel stronger about that after going to Broncos camp. 
like Cortland Sutton just feels like the right guy for the Broncos offense. Mm. And the combo of him being better than people realize also mixed with, I, I really struggle with words to explain how much better Russell Wilson is than Drew Locke. Like it's really hard to c- convey, not just in the <laughs> obvious of like throwing yeah. footballs, but in the preparation. And like, I literally, I, I, t- I talked to Cortland Sutton at training camp as well. And just like having Cortland Sutton explain what Russell Wilson wants from you on the routes and like all the Broncos players were very politely trying, like no, nobody had talked to just Drew Locke, but it was kind of like they were filling out the negative spaces right, of, right. well, you know, compared to how it was before, basically very politely trying to say, we didn't do any of this. There was like, when you're having a quarterback competition between Drew Locke and I'm already, I blocked it out of my mind. Teddy. Who was it with last year? Yeah. Teddy Bridgewater. No one has the authority to be like, I actually need to run your out like this. It's like the quarterback's. You know what I mean? Like one yes, guy, yes. Russ comes in and it's just like, do it this way. This is how I like it. You need to make your break. And like the most interesting thing, not for Colton Sutton, but like Russ is telling them when you make your break, I, when I say go to the 30, don't go to the middle of the 30. You need to cut your break at the bottom of the 30. Like you can't have that specificity when you have a quarterback competition, but when you have Russ step in, like that's the margins in the NFL. That's how you get open. That's a throwing yeah, window. Yeah. That's how you create it with the, the, the specificity of that stuff. I think Cortland Sutton's going to go off, and I do believe a lot in this Broncos offense. And he's the year after the year after. He tore his ACL in 2020. Last year was the first year back. This is his second year back. I mean, the Broncos were just like a run-heavy team, horrible quarterback play. Sutton's like also the best deep threat on the team, which is what Russ excels in the most. Like, it just makes a lot of sense that Sutton is the DK Metcalf in Denver. Yeah, poor man's DK Metcalf. That's not a bad, not a good way to put it. I mean, could be a rich man's. Right now, Heifetz, who would you rather have in fantasy football? Cortland Sutton or DK Metcalf? <laughs> Dude, I, 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 I think DK, I, I kind of think it's Sutton in a way because it, that, that's really crazy to say because realistically, when you're playing with your friends, DK Metcalf will get chosen before Cortland Sutton. So, like, you kind of want to get value, right? Because you can probably get both, you know? If you yeah. pick DK Metcalf, Sutton probably falls to you because DK Metcalf, again, we say it all, like, you laugh at me, but DK Metcalf, very famous, probably going to go first. But I bet Sutton has a better year. I don't know if you 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 disagree. The Seahawks they're, they're not that far apart in yeah. Yahoo ADP right now. They're they're only nine parts, nine spots apart. Gino or Drew Locke, I don't believe in. I've got Sutton ranked higher. I'm I'm still a big DK Metcalf believer, but you cannot discount the quarterback like variable. It's it's a massive massive variable. Um, and Russell Wilson has the opportunity to like really make this whole offense like tick and have it blow up, blow up because I mean, it, not even it doesn't even need to be like a super high volume, like completely changed the complexion that way. He's just going to be so much more insanely efficient than anything that the Broncos had last year, um, especially on those deep shots. Um, and, and Russell Wilson is so good at creating out of structure. I think that Sutton's probably going to be good there too because he's like a big guy, big target. We'll go up and get the ball. Um, yeah, I mean, it just to me, it, it the Russell Wilson factor is, is massive. You cannot discount it. Um, even though I think Metcalf is a better player, I just his offense is so much worse. We are so much higher on Sutton than, and I'm lower on Judy. I'm lower on Judy too. I'm not saying this for everyone. It's funny. I, I feel like in fantasy, like people have object permanence. They don't like what they can't see or they don't like what they can't look back on for <laughs> reference. And it's like, why we're like, Hey, Matt Ryan's in Indianapolis guys. And they're like, yeah, but we don't, we haven't seen it before. We don't know what that's like. I, I can't remember that from last season. We're like, Hey, Russell Wilson's now throwing to Cortland Sutton instead of drew Locke. People can't see it. They can't visualize it. We're, you know, on the right side of history by forecasting this stuff. 
to the right side of history. <laughs> We're on the right side of history <laughs> for shit that hasn't happened yet. We're on the right side of the future. Even like Mike Williams last year, were like Herbert. People just don't look at shit that hasn't happened yet. And they, they, and they, they like what they can see. They like what they can look back on. When all these guys suck, can we keep that as a sound drop? We're on the 100%. right side of history. Yeah. All these guys are terrible. Uh, any other top targets for you guys? I'm so happy. We're on the same page, honestly, mostly with all of these guys, which is a good sign. There's one more guy I wanted to bring up who I, we've talked about a good amount on this on this podcast, but like Gabe Dave, this is the same deal with what, what Craig was just saying. Like, you don't want to necessarily project what he or talk about what he's done, because I think what he could well, do let's give his full Gabe Davis. Who, Gabriel who don't Davis remember us randomly <laughs> talking about him two years ago. Gabe Gabriel Davis. Davis yeah. For the Buffalo Bills. So. I was looking at the, the, and again, this is about predicting. It's about uh, looking into the future and, and projecting what a guy is going to do going forward, not necessarily what he's done in the past. Because last year, for the most part, he was behind Emmanuel Sanders. Like they brought in this veteran guy <clears throat> because I think they trusted him a little bit more to be where he needed to be, basically just be more of a vet, be in the perfect spot every time he needed to be and make the offense run. But as we saw, the year went on, they started to trust Gabe, Gabriel Davis more. Emmanuel Sanders got banged up. And then when Davis was in, he was like outstanding. We saw this in the playoffs. He was just like going absolutely bonkers. He had that four touchdown. Well, he had four touchdowns in that game or something like that. Like he was just absolutely ridiculous. And uh, I-, I was looking at the four for four has a splits, like a stat thing where you can look at like someone's stats when. Uh, so basically someone's stats, Gabe Davis's stats when Emmanuel Sanders was in and when Emmanuel Sanders was out of the lineup. So in the 13 games that Emmanuel Sanders played last year with Gabe Dave, uh, Davis had a 41% snap share. So he played on like less than half of the snaps. He averaged three targets, 1.8 receptions, 29 yards receiving in those games. In the three games that Sanders did not play, Davis averaged 89% snap. So he was like a full-time player, eight targets, 3.7 receptions, 54 yards. Basically, he... Averaged 11.3 half PPR points per game, which like extrapolate that over a full season. You're right there in the eight, the wide receiver 19, 18 range. So he has, that's like, I think, by the way, is kind of like his floor. Like, I think he's going to get better. I think he's going to be a bigger part of this offense going forward. Um, so basically what you're saying is he didn't have a role. And so his numbers look weird last year, but once right. he got a role, he was unbelievable. Had that crazy playoff game. And this year he's the number two receiver in an offense, but that wasn't. It's like a high, like way. a high octane passing offense. Obviously you got Josh Allen build in a, maybe a potential jump from him, like both in skill and like technique. And by the way, maybe like more chemistry with Josh Allen, blah, blah, blah. There, there's a lot of things where this, these numbers could really explode. And right now you can get him, as he is the wide receiver 33 on uh, fantasy pros in terms of their ADP. So like wide receiver 33, he was, he would have been like, if you projected it around like wide receiver 20, if he would have played all season last year. And I think his, his ceiling is a lot higher than that too, though. Not just at the receiver position overall though, where you're talking about getting him versus where he's going versus where you like him. We have him at 53 on our rankings. Yeah. And he's going like in the seventies uh, according to like ADP. So we got him quite a bit higher. So you will get him if you follow our ranks. Um, and to be clear, we also, I think, generally have a lot of receivers are just higher. It's it's not just individual players. We basically are saying all the receivers in like the meaty middle of the top 100, we just kind of push up a lot because those are the players you should be targeting. DK, do you think you're going to be on the right side of history with Gabriel Davis? <laughs> <laughs> I think so, yeah. I, I, this is like a little bit of a take lock, but it was really good to see him because last year I thought he was going to break out, but then he just didn't really earn the, the What did you time. just say? Take lock. I like that. I have a take and I'm sticking to it. I like oh. you never heard that term before. It's like lockjaw. You can't unhinge. 
By the way, I've had multiple people text me in the last couple of days asking if we made up the term wish casting. Did you make that up? Because you've uh, said it a lot lately. We got wish casted wish casting. <laughs> yeah, you wish cast people. Craig over here wish casting for Tony Pollard to get the job. It's not going to happen. <laughs> Did I make up the term? We yes, came up with Bobby Trees, so. We didn't. We didn't. We really, didn't. You just say yes and take credit <laughs> for it. That would be the smart move, wouldn't it? I just want to flick at the Saints offense. If you're in a two quarterback league, I think Jameis loves is, the Saints offense. I think Jameis is an extremely viable two QB option. He's pretty much just had shitty situations his whole career. His the first three, he got drafted by Lovey Smith, and he was gone. Then he had Dirk Cutter for three years. Nobody was on his team that was good except young Mike Evans. He finally got Bruce Arians and Chris Godwin, and he was fifth in points per game. Jameis was in 2019. Then he was the backup for Breeze. And then last year with Sean Payton and freaking Marquez Callaway, Deontay Harris, and Traquan Smith, he was the QB 14 in points per game. Can you say those names again of who they were throwing to last year? Marquez Callaway, Deontay Harris, and Traquan Smith. A and a banged up Camara. Marquez Callaway, was he an undrafted free agent? Yeah, I think he was. If and not, Deontay like Harris is five foot. Is Deontay Harris five foot seven? Deontay Hardy. Now he changed oh, sorry, his yeah, name. He changed his name. But Deontay Hardy is he is small five six yes so an undrafted free agent and then another guy who's a great great punt returner but he's five <laughs> foot six and then who is the other who is the last guy again Traquan Smith Traquan Smith everybody's favorite guy that Traquan Smith it's unbelievable his last year with Dirk Cutter on the shitty Bucks he was fifteenth in points per game then when he got Bruce Arians he was fifth. And then last year with that receiving core in the Saints, he was 14th. And now he's got Jarvis Landry, Michael Thomas, Chris Olave, a healthy O-line. That's crazy. Like, I, I don't know why he can't be like a fringe, like, I don't know, quarterback 12 vibes. I think this has been lost in the offseason, Craig. I think you're onto something. This is one of the biggest top three receiving target upgrades year over year. I actually can remember. Maybe the, if you, you remember a better one, email us at reinfrancyfootball.gmail.com, but undrafted free agent, five foot six punt returner, uh, Traquan Smith to Michael <laughs> Thomas, Jarvis Landry, Chris Olave. I mean, I can't think of a bigger year over year upgrading. In, I'm telling you, uh, people don't like what they can't look back on. They, they've never <laughs> seen this. Which they can't you gotta have visualize it. <laughs> so what, what do you do with this? Like, you don't have Jamie in a, in a one quarterback league, do you? So, what? How are you acting on this, though? I, I well, I said for two quarterback leagues. That that way, you can like if you're in a two quarterback league, I would say wait as long as you want and just draft Jameis at the very end, and you'll be just fine. Really good advice. Honestly, if you're in a 16 or 14 team one QB league and you're a late round quarterback type of guy, pick up Jameis. I like that. Like I like that a lot. And then the receivers. How do we feel about Michael Thomas while we're on the subject? Because Michael Thomas is. I said this the other day to uh, someone, I, but Michael Thomas is the player that I will feel the stupidest about if I'm high on him and I'm wrong, and the stupid player I will feel the yeah. stupidest about if I'm low on him and I'm wrong. Like, like, like it's so obvious. It will be so obvious in retrospect if he's really good or really bad. I've gone full circle on, uh, I'm in. on Michael Thomas. I, I, like, I started out the offseason being like, sick of this guy. I don't trust yeah, it. Now I'm like, actually, you know what? He's kind of like an insane value. <laughs> like, I want to draft all the Saints. Yeah. I want Olave, Thomas, Winston, and Kamara. Let's go. They're all so cheap, and you're right. If they're actually good passing offense, they're kind of like, they're all insanely cheap. Yeah, and You can stack the whole team if you want, like, and honestly have them as backup players if you really want. Michael Thomas is not going to be a starter other than Kamara. Now I'm traveling to the tight end. He's still a sleeper. And Taysom Hill, he has a sleeper tight end. Hell yeah. Oh, all right. So those are our top targets? Yes, sir. Yes, sir.
I'm going to list them all again because I love this group. So we got Saquon Barkley, Dalvin Cook, AJ Dillon at running back. We got Michael Pittman, Cortland Sutton, Adam Thielen, um, CD, CD Lamb at receiver, Aaron Jones, Gabe Davis. Yes, Gabe Davis receiver, Aaron Jones at running back. I love all these guys. <laughs> I like we're all in lockstep about them, so that's a great sign. It's kind of like on the pregame show when everyone on Monday Night Football picks like teams <laughs> to win, and then that team never People, wins. Someone's gonna screen cap us and be like, <laughs> "Suck it, you hate my team." Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. No. That's yeah. So don't avoid all. Should we just title this players to avoid? <laughs> yeah. Should we just do that. We just fucking oh jinxed all these guys. Yeah. Players were on the wrong side of history about. (laughs) (laughs) God damn it. Oh my God. All right. I want to read an email right now. Fantasy court. All right. From? Uh, Oh my God. I cut the name off by accident. This is fantasy football fan. Actually, I don't think he, no, I don't think he wanted the name to be sure. It's from a fantasy football fan slash a Chris Ryan stand. Oh, CR head. Chris Ryan head. All right. CR head. Uh, too long, don't read. It's a collusion for guys to talk about sharing prize money. In my current main league, which for the past few seasons has been my only league, I am the most fringe guy of the group. This is why I opened the email. I thought that was a really funny way to start. <laughs> my buddy got me in. The first step is admitting it. So good job, buddy. Yeah. I'm the fringe guy. The the My buddy who got me into the league was kicked out of the league during my first season with some silly beef with the commission. All right. That's so funny. And he kind of goes on and seems self-conscious about it, being the fringe guy. Anyway, no offense during this past offseason, I was hanging with one guy left in the group that I ever occasionally talked to outside the confines of the league. While shooting the shit, he mentioned that going into the semifinals this past season, some or all of the other guys in the final four reached out about splitting the prize money evenly. Is this collusion? You know, I'm no legal expert, but this might be the definition of collusion, right? <laughs> There's certainly colluding to share money. <laughs> Uh, it's, it's funny it's, how I much we debate what collusion is on this podcast. What it's in every sense, it's like it's always clear collusion. Every I have the worst fucking, fucking attorneys. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I have the worst attorneys. <laughs> they can't arrest you if you're married to them. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, yes, uh, yeah, this, this is, is fucking collusion. <laughs> well, here's the thing. I wanted to do this. I don't know if Craig and I have ever told this story on the podcast. Oh, goodness. I know where you're going. I don't know if we've ever shared this. So at this point, oh, my God, this was three years ago. Yeah. Sean Yu, who now we're in a dynasty league. Shout out Sean Yu. And Craig and I used to uh, co-manage a team in the Ringer League. And Craig and I made the finals against Sean Yu. And Sean Yu reaches out and says, hey, guys, I have, like, basically the same team in two leagues. And it's in two championships. Oh, no, I, I forget exactly. And he said he's got to make certain bench decisions, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. He's like, I'm scared of like losing both leagues. So I want to play like a different team. No, it was the opposite. His team in the other league was very similar to our team in the Ringer League. And he was like, I, I don't want like the weird emotions of like rooting for players who are beating me one championship from the other. So like, what if we just split the pot? We'll split it 50-50. And Craig and I DM each other. And we're like, no, no, we're not splitting it. And then we think about it. We're like, wait. Sean did his math wrong. Yes. Because he offered to split it, not equally among the three of us, but he offered to split it 50-50 among the teams, which be considering that Craig and I were splitting a team was like disproportionate. Like the way that the, 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 to- the first and second place money, the way it worked, Craig and I did the math. If Craig and I won and split the money in half versus if we took Sean's deal, the difference was like $11. <laughs> 
We just took the money and split it, and the we outcome did. didn't matter. Took the money. We just run. split the money. Who won? Sean won, <laughs> but we split the money because even if we won, we're like, wait, this is like a Chipotle bowl worth of money that we're going to split. We're like, who cares? So we just took it. Yeah, well, this is something that happens in leagues that I've been into. Is this what the email is asking? If, no. if, they, if the two people that well, were- he's asking this for the final four, which is crazy, because I think what what that, this is nether level to it. This is a little non-competitive. Because what he's saying is, I assume only the top two are really what makes sense is the top three people get paid out in some form. Mm -hmm. And so the top four people approach and are like, hey, what if we all split this evenly so everyone gets paid? Now, sounds like a coward move from someone who doesn't think they're going to win in the semifinals. There's a difference between making it to the championship and having the conversation and just making it to the final four. Oh, I I misunderstood what what uh, what he was saying, though. I thought they were basically all like trying to gang up on him, this other guy. No, 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 they're no, colluding no. to just split the pot money regardless uh, of who okay, wins. Maybe this but he's the fringe guy, and the fringe guy is like, this sounds like horse shit, but like he doesn't know them in real life. What's he going to do? Like call out this group chat of people he doesn't know? This has happened in some of the leagues I've been in. This, is ha- this has happened where people just want to basically hedge and, and, you know, it's like selling your ticket before the game or whatever. Selling selling yeah. like a bet you had or whatever. Um, and this happens a lot in other forms of gambling. If you're in yeah. a survivor pool and you get to like week 16, everyone kind of looks at each other and like, let's all take a grand and like, you know, <laughs> fuck, like, you know what I mean? But fantasy, so, it's like, in this case, it's not, that's not collusion then, is it? I misunderstood. Well, so I misunderstood. It is collusion. literally colluding, but I, I, <laughs> okay. I think the question is, so I think we the, still the don't know what collusion is, so that, that's good. <laughs> Maybe we don't explain well is bad faith. And bad faith is when you're acting kind of like not in your own like best interest, like everyone involved. And like in the context of the league, like bad faith is like, if someone just doesn't care, apathy, that's not acting in good faith. So like, oh, I don't care about the league. I don't care how I do. Sure, just take Derrick Henry because I don't actually care. Right, right. So this, it's more like, I don't know. I'm kind of, I, I'm I'm like a I'm like a little. It's like if you want to like take the part of the game out. I don't know. At some point, first of all, you can't stop people from doing this, can you? One, no. Well, it's but it doesn't it kind of ruin the fun though. Yes, yeah, it's, it's anti competitive. Like, yeah. <laughs> well, I think you do the honorable thing, which is what Craig and I did, and don't tell anyone for three years so that the hype is preserved for everybody else, and don't let them know you made a shady background deal. But the only reason we did it was because Sean did the math wrong. <laughs> I love that Sean has been involved in all of the the major ringer fantasy league like Sean, conspiracy. There's a YouTube video that we made because Sean <laughs> Sean was such a ridiculous commissioner that he did a poll: should the ringer league be half PPR full? And God, what a! I hope Sean's listening. This is what classic, insane move. The poll was tied six six. So Sean called it 0.75 PPR. <laughs> Love it. That's the most insane <laughs> thing you could do in a, in a great way. <laughs> That's so funny. Uh, anyway. Sean is the best, by the way. We're we're doing a start, uh, a dynasty startup with Sean right now. Yeah, we are. We're currently so, drafting as we speak. No one cares about your league, guys. No one cares. Damn you. Wow. Right. I just, uh, just want to up. shout Sean out. Sean's the best. Yeah, Sean. Are you up? Who are you picking? I don't know. I got offered a trade, so I got to figure it out. <laughs> okay. uh, all right <laughs> i think that's all we got uh thank you to everyone for listening go to fantasyfootball.theringer.com shout out our rankings fantasyfootball.theringer.com you can check out all our rankings you can see where all these people are ranked thank you everyone for listening thank you dk thank you craig shout out sean you um sorry we probably should have told you we did the math wrong sorry i'll buy your beer next time to see you thank you lauren lauren thank you jesus remember when he what? played at red rocks <laughs> <laughs> This is, uh, I'm going back to the Antonio Brown unhinged tweet. 
I'm just going to read the end here. My, my yeah. biggest regret is that I'll never get to see me, Antonio Brown, play a game live. Sure, I can watch the game afterwards, but can you imagine? But I, but he says, but I can't imagine what it was like for all of you to see something like that, like watching the Beatles or Jesus perform at Red Rocks. Signed Antonio wait, Brown. That was wait, wait. I thought you were kidding. He, oh, you tweeted this. He said, "Like watching the Beatles or Jesus perform at Red Rocks." I love that. It, that's very specific. At Red Rocks. Do you think he he clearly meant, you know, the Beatles performing at Red Rocks and and Jesus just seeing Jesus? I don't really get that. No, no. He clearly no, he said no, like he meant, watching the Beatles or Jesus perform at Red it Rocks. It was like so if was Jesus like- was in a band, he was the front man. <laughs> Dude, that's like the end of that's like Talladega Nights when they're at the thing and he's like, uh, you know, I'm I like to party. I'm like a tuxedo shirt because I like to party. I'm I'm just I'm in the like Leonard Skinner and Jesus is there with an angel band and I'm in the front row. I'm I like to picture Jesus doing stand up at Red Rocks. <laughs> you ever seen the show Manimal? Why am I even talking to you, man? <laughs> why do you want uh, the part? Why do you want the TV and the stereo on at the same time? Because I like to party. Oh my god. All right, goodbye, everyone. This episode is brought to you by 20th Century Studios Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. As a ruthless king builds his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, enter the kingdom in IMAX on May 10th and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. When I went on my last holiday to Cape Town, it was amazing. My friends were there, the weather was phenomenal, and most importantly, the food was fantastic. But one thing I struggled with was finding the right places to stay. You know, all I want is a great bed, a fantastic shower, and breakfast that doesn't end at 8 a.m. I'm on holiday, I'm still sleeping. I also like ease, and the Hotels.com app easily helps me to find a perfect hotel for every trip. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly getaway or a relaxing spa weekend, on the Hotels.com app, you can compare up to five hotels side by side. Now, why would you want to do that? So you can see prices, amenities, and star ratings. And best of all, you don't have to switch back and forth between options. See? Ease. So, start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app today.